Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds of the North, the premier form of video game show hosted by two brothers and a third guy only live from Simon's main floor, Adam's basement, and Matt's. Where floor are you on currently? Second. Second. Okay, perfect. Oh, yeah. We're consistent. We are. We got all the floors covered. Unless you're on a third floor, what do you have a mansion or something? Come on, get out of here with your third floor bullshit. I'm your father, son of the goalie host, Simon Panzer, joined in solidarity by my faithful squad mates, Adam Pazier and Matthew Manny. How are we doing, lads? It's 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 been a week and it's only Tuesday, but it's okay. Mm. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I have like nothing to complain about. I just got back from like working one out of the last ten days. The problem with doing that is that like. Working feels really bad after that. <laughs> I finished yesterday and it's like, oh God, that was only Monday. What am I going to do? Yeah, I, I find that I didn't have we'll it this week, it but I had it a couple weeks ago. Or rather, I have every like second Friday off. And the third day is just long enough to make you hate going back to work. Like the the, the break yeah. is just long enough. And then the extra long break is like, ugh, this is terrible. It's yeah. like a mini of version mine. of uh, summer's anxiety from school. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, friend of mine from work basically used his like vacation time to not take like a chunk of time, but just make every weekend all summer a long weekend. I'm like, Legend. that's kind of great. That's, that's actually, brilliant. I should that's, have thought that, of that. That's the way to do it. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like I'm gonna remember that for next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I know like uh, there are a couple places in the workforce. I mean the. Uh, the government work. You know what? I won't even talk about that. I'll talk about that off air. People don't care a shit about this. Our numbers are dipping. So by the way, like us on Facebook, Nerds of the North podcast on Facebook, and hit me up with your hot takes. I didn't hear a single person last week tell me other, tell me something different than Tom Cruise was the greatest uh, movie star of all time. So I'm going to confidently believe that it's unanimous and that everyone around the world believes it. And that I made the sale last week talking about Top Gun. So there you go. Uh, but if you have something to say about this week, and I'm sure you will... Uh, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Nerds the North Podcast, and let us know your thoughts and feelings. Okay, it's been a while, and Matt and I recorded relatively recently. Adam wasn't there. I haven't particularly played anything new and exciting since then, so I'll, uh, believe it or not, guys, I can do this. I will cede my time to Adam <laughs> to find out what he's been doing for the past month since we heard from you. Uh, that's a good question. What have I been playing? Um, oh, the uh, Dicey Dungeons, which I got into like a year ago, just had a new free DLC release, so I was replaying that. That game's just a lot of fun. It's a fun aesthetic. It's it's weird. It's quirky. It's very funny. It's just it's a good if you're and it if you don't hate. I, I'm not even gonna say if you like. If you don't hate like deck builders and card battlers and that kind of thing, it's it's a really good time. Um. And I'm just it, speaking of deck builders and card battlers. Uh, not to interrupt you, even though I literally just did. But we've got—I haven't looked too much into it. I, I've kind of been staying ignorant, maybe intentionally. Um, but we're getting closer and closer to uh, the Midnight Suns, like the new XCOM type game, oh, right? Okay. Which is also a, a deck builder type thing, in that you play cards. So, yeah. just something to keep in your brain for all the card building fans, as that game is coming soon. And uh, yeah, that that team. They really don't miss. They don't always like have superstar hits, but you know what you're getting when you buy it, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, that'll be good. The other thing... Oh, uh, I think I mentioned it briefly last time, but uh, the the 1.0 release for Hardspace Shipbreaker came out. 
So I've now played through that. And I'm actually really frustrated because I have encountered a bug where the game crashes literally right after the end credits. So but I've I've done the every time for it to crash. Well, no, because <laughs> if you're gonna like, pick a spot, I I want to go. I like because every time I load in, I have to watch the whole ending cinematic again. Because like I want to go to free play. I want to do this stuff after the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just can't. And so I thought it like I don't know. I think I if I'd come into that game totally cold, never having played the beta, I think I would have honestly enjoyed it more. But having played so much of it in the beta, I kind of felt like the gap between it and the 1.0 release wasn't enough. But still. Yeah, I played a game like that lately, actually. It was like, I got to play, I forget what it was, but I got to play a demo, and then I got to the end of the demo, and I was like, you know what, that was good. Yeah. Cool, thanks. Thanks for that experience. And I tried, uh, oh, on your recommendation, I tried a thing. What was it? Was it? Was it? I had, I forgot to mention this last week. I think Fire Emblem Three Hopes. It was that not. I told you guys well, to get you, because you, the you the fucking say, demo is ten hours. You did say to get that. I did not get that. No, it was Yes, Your Grace. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. which was surprisingly complex. Like yeah. there, there's a lot going on. I haven't really sunk my teeth into it yet, but I like I played an hour or two, and it was yeah, it's, it's really interesting and it's a good time. Yeah, it's exactly what you want for not too expensive. Yeah. I have uh, I have married my daughter off to secure an alliance with the neighbors, so there's that. You son of a bitch. God damn it. That's your... Well, you don't have three daughters, so I was going to say that's your one daughter. That's your your eldest daughter, <laughs> Adam, and you're going to do that. Anyway, let's move on because we got to hustle because for once I actually have to leave because I'm going to go see what we're talking about today again later. So, Adam, please don't ruin it for me before then. <laughs> I want to still enjoy it. But before then, I do briefly want to touch on the boys. So it sounds I've finished it. Uh, you guys haven't quite. You're both at the, at the penultimate episode. Or rather, you finished the penultimate episode. So we'll do a more detailed dive into it another time. Um, but general thoughts on the boys season three, because I thought, uh, boy, oh boy, this lived up to the hype. Holy shit. Like, I'm going to let Matt take over because I just rambled for, like, two minutes. But that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, it's been incredible so far. It Like, in some ways, even though it's probably the most messed up season, it's also somehow maybe the most feel-good because I feel like the team is sort of working more harmoniously together than they have. Um in the other seasons, which I always like for me, it's, you know, it's like, okay, our good guys are together. Even if everything's going to shit, good guys are all together. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's had, I've gone back and forth being like, Oh, this is really fucked up. But like, yeah, it's, but it's like kind of happier, but like, no, it's not at all. Um, but yeah, this season has been a ride. Um, I mean, it's, it's been great the whole way through, but I think this, this has to be the best one so far. Um, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the finale. Uh, I actually mistook the the penultimate episode as the finale because <laughs> I didn't realize I because because I caught up to the boys. I hadn't you know like just in the last couple of weeks. I wasn't watching it like week by week when it came out, so I didn't realize it was coming out week by week. So I finished what I thought was the finale and then just went, "Oh, th- that's it." I mean, sure, 
doesn't feel like a finale, Heck but okay. A cliffhanger to end it on if it was. Yeah, yeah. But even if your second last episode, like, it might feel, like, slightly underwhelming, but if even that has people going, like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, uh, I think I, th- I think you're doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, I... Homelander in this season is, I mean, horrifying, as he's in every season, but such an incredible character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anthony Starr has been amazing through the entire thing, but he, I think he's really stepped it up in this season. And he's got to be like, he's, he's positioning himself to be like an all timer villain right now. Um, and I, I really can't wait to see where they take him. Yeah. Cause I worried after the end of the last season that they were making him a little too pathetic. Uh, but this mm-hmm. season has allayed those fears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he definitely. Is he is properly menacing. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the, the moment when he uh, when he in his mind like lasers the entire crowd of people. Oh yeah. And you believe it. Oh like, yeah. That yeah. that's a credible villain. Yeah, that was great. When you really believe what you're seeing, and then they snap back, and you realize that it's just in his head, and you go, "Oh, thank God." Yeah. You know. That yeah. was the I, the scene we'll with the girl. Either was, like. Oh. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. So uh, can I can I get on my soapbox very briefly? So I'm a big Superman fan, not quite as big as Jerry Seinfeld, but he's probably my favorite superhero. And there's really like no truly great uh, like on screen depiction of Superman. I re- recently rewatched Man of Steel. It's got good parts. I guess like the animated movies like pretty much nail it a lot of the time. But I'm my favorite Superman comic is All Star Superman, and I think one or both of you may have seen the animated movie, which is really good. But the uh, comic book that it's based off is really really good and it's made me want to track down more superman comics but the point is if you like read a really great superman story it's not just well he's like super powerful and kind of a good guy like the whole boy scout thing doesn't apply to the superman of the comics yes he's good but he's also got heart and he's got like some sass and he's just got like he's just great there are better videos describing it anyway so there's a very famous scene in that uh story where basically the story is superman he uh he gets super cancer is essentially what it is so he's kind of like wrapping up his affairs and he's got to do all these great feats and there's some comparisons to hercules in there but through that they also like in between these grand feats they mix in these like one or two page things of him just just fucking being superman like bumping into a guy that's walking down the street and then he, like, is an ongoing joke that Clark, every time he knocks into somebody by accident and they make fun of him for being an oaf, he's saving someone's life. So, like, someone was running a red and, like, Clark accidentally bumped into him and prevented them from going into the street. Stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's a really famous scene. Like, I, the picture is just so vivid in my brain of Superman who interrupts someone who's committing suicide. And yeah, it's, I know it's exactly the, the scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he, like, uses his super hearing, and, like, ultimately, it's it sounds like the girl's therapist was late to their meeting. He's like, this caught up in traffic. Like, it's no big deal. They didn't forget about you. Something happened. And then, in the end, I'm sure this is the scene that you're thinking of, Adam, that it's the beautiful, beautiful shot from on top of the building of where Superman just hugs the person. He doesn't, like, he could have picked her up and put her on the ground. He could have caught her. He could have done anything. But he knew in that moment that what she needed was a hug. And that's what real superman is so to see that twisted so beautifully was just like not quite on the level of the airplane scene but like a close close, second for me i i really like just to stay on that superman comic 
the the moment of that actually that stands out the most to me is when he uses his laser vision to turn off the spotlight. You remember mm-hmm. that? In the comic? Yeah, in the comic. Man, I, I don't remember it. But yeah, because he's talking. T- he's talking to her when she's up on on the ledge, and she's like, you know, this is it's really bright and annoying, and he's just like laser eyes the the spotlight and turns it off. Um, and I was like, what? Yes, like that's exactly the last thing this girl wants is you know that on her face while this is happening. Um, yeah. And I I thought that was really good. The just as a quick tangent another superman comic i really really like um and just one of the ones that i think illustrates and not a not a whole comic just one scene that illustrates how to do both superman and batman well is when they have the parallel scene of superman's talking to lois and i think batman's talking to catwoman and they're Mm -hmm. like talking about each other in parallel and just how much they admire one another and i thought like that's it's just really clever um, yeah, there's a lot of respect there. Yeah. But where I was like, I mean, we're going to have to either us, if we have time, or someone who's a lot smarter than us, we'll have to go into it. Because in the past, like, I mean, I guess this this show is a few years old now, but in the past few years, we've gotten two really great depictions of quote-unquote evil Superman in this and Invincible. But they come at it from from different ways. And similar to how Superman isn't just like, what if God was a nice guy? Like that's not that doesn't encapsulate Superman really to a core. I think to say what if God was a was a bad guy doesn't encapsulate either uh, Homelander or uh, what's his name Nolan from from Invincible. There's a lot of depth to that character where they probably honestly could have gotten away with he's evil Superman. They they probably it the show probably would have functioned if it was that simple, but the writing is too good. And Anthony Starr, who by the way. I don't know about you, Matt, but uh, Adam, do you think of uh, Steel Panther whenever someone brings up Anthony Starr? I'm like, is this is this Michael Starr, lead singer of Steel Panther's brother? I mean, <laughs> I will now. <laughs> I did yeah. it before, but I will I'm, now. I, I can't get Anthony it out Starr's of my head. from New Zealand, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so the, I mean, and also Michael Starr is definitely not his real name. It's a no. stage name, but that's why I kind of think I'm like, is this... <laughs> Yeah, because they pick the names to sound ridiculous. What's the uh, the drummer's name is Styx Zidinia. Oh my god! Just, just, so, just so we're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if they found a new bassist yet. That's not the point. That's not what this podcast is about. But uh, I agree. Has anyone been watching the new? I don't know if I asked this last time. The new season of Stranger Things. I have not. I haven't even watched I... the first seasons of Stranger Things. I got, you definitely watch the first I got like season. four fir- episodes in and I went, this is weird and boring and stuff. Wow. Adam wow. Okay. Well, I was about to the say 80s. the first, the first season is incredible, but um, I have not, I desperately need to. That's my plan for next week is to watch stra- uh, season four of stranger things. You know, I, let's make a Let's make a commitment after we all finish. Uh, what's called the show, the boys that we're literally just talking about that we'll have to move to stranger things. If nothing for, I've seen master of puppets enter the zeitgeist. Yes, and I'm like I fuck yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, at yeah. some point you just have to figure out what all the songs are about, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I I gotta go watch that because I saw someone try to uh, like gatekeep Metallica on Twitter, and then Metallica's Twitter account responded to them and like, no, 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 Metallica's for everybody. But like, this is Metallica. It's one of the biggest bands of all time. Yeah, famous like for whether you agree or not, famous for selling out. You can't gatekeep Metallica. <laughs> yeah, <that is> <laughs> fucking yeah. idiot. And it got Kate Bush to break the record for longest amount of time between 
uh, for a song between release and going number one. Yeah. Oh, cool. For oh, for running up that hill. Yeah. 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 I had no idea. Yeah, she it's something even like that forty cause, years later. Because like I've heard several covers of it, but I had no idea who it was by. Yeah. But there you uh, go. Anyway, I, I did I, put uh, the uh, the comic I was talking about in the chat. By the way. Yes, I saw that. And stay tuned. I'm going to have something for you guys in the chat uh, later. But let's move on. We'll talk with the boys another time. Let's move on to Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, I know where I sit. And that's that's the main floor. I know where Adam sits, and that's in the basement. Uh, These may or may not be metaphors. But I do not know where Matt sits because we didn't see it together. So, Matt, what did you think about Thor, Love and Thunder? Um, well, unlike where I'm sitting currently, when it comes to Thor, I am not on the second floor. I am probably about where you are currently, uh, on the first floor. And that I, I like it. I don't love it. I have some issues. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok. I think it tries very hard to be Ragnarok, and I don't think it succeeds most of the time. That said, it's still very funny, and the villain is great, if very underused. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I I enjoyed myself, um, but I I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit disappointed. Fair, yeah. This is one of the few Marvel movies before we get too far into it, where I thought that they could have used more. Like they talked about how uh, Taika Waititi shot a four-hour version and like trimmed it down to whatever it is i think it's like two hours or just under it didn't feel particularly long but then you hear stories from the news about things that got out or things that got cut and uh one of them was an a cameo appearance from the grandmaster by the way spoilers for thor love and thunder was jeff goldblum's the grandmaster and i boy i think like you really miss him because jeff goldblum totally He's the he's the standard, right? Like he's the he's the pace bunny for Thor Ragnarok. Was like this is we're all gonna match Jeff Goldblum or die trying, and because uh, no one quite can. I think you really miss him. Apparently, uh, Peter Dinklage's Each Tree was also gonna be in there, but just I mean we'll talk about Gore. I'm sure plenty, but I could have just used like more of him. I could have used like a ten minute scene. Doesn't even need to be that long. You probably could have done it in five minutes. I would have just loved to see him killing some people. Like, you know. Yeah, I would have loved to see the God Butcher do some God Butchering. Yeah, whenever he was on screen, he did feel intimidating, but like. Because I I think he kills one person, I want to say. On screen. On screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We see the aftermath, but he's. I mean, for one, he's scary. Um. There was a few, particularly in like establishing shots of him, there was a few times uh, when my girlfriend in the theater just sat next to me. She's like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, he looks scary. Uh, but like, he doesn't do a lot. Like, they, I really feel like they needed to have him in this more. Um, and the, the movie, I think, with the villain suffers from something that I also thought Ragnarok suffered from a little bit. Um, in that, like, the movie is very funny and whimsical, but the villain is, like, dead straight, completely serious. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I'd still really like more of him, because when he was on screen, he was awesome. Um, I, I didn't... In Ragnarok, sometimes I felt like it, it was a bit of, like, 
whiplash with Hela and and the rest of the stuff going on on Sakaar. And there's definitely a big tonal juxtaposition going on between the villain and the and what the rest of what's happening. Um, but Gore was just so captivating when he was on screen. I didn't care this time. Um, yeah. But I just wish I would have seen more of him. I mean, even Hela had jokes. Like yeah. she had a couple good lines. She wasn't anywhere near as jokey as Thor was, and she really took him down to side. But she had like a couple quips, particularly when she got back to Asgard for the first time. Right. Yeah. That was she, a great uh, yeah. scene. That whole thing. Gore Gore didn't uh didn't at all. And it's almost like on one hand, great job getting Christian Bale because oh my god, he's good. On the other hand, as I was watching the movie, one thought kept popping into my brain. It was don't kill Gore, don't kill Gore, don't kill Gore. He's too good. I want him to see him in more stuff. Yeah. And uh unfortunately they spoilers. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I already said the spoilers, so <laughs> but uh, I'll reveal. I'm kind of actually probably I mean maybe main floor was a little bit too low if i had like a a middle floor that might be like i, I would give it like a seven. if you're on a split level yeah. seven seven and a half is probably where i would go definitely not as good as as ragnarok excuse me as ragnarok i don't think anyone would disagree with that uh but i didn't have as many problems with it as as adam was who proudly stood up from his seat and loudly because adam projects in the middle of the theater said well adam just replay it <laughs> what did i say when i got he said, I didn't think anything could disappoint me after the previous two, but wow, that was awful. No. Which is quite a thing to declare. No, I said, I didn't think anything could live up to the previous two. Because the previous two that we saw were Multiverse of Madness and Spider and this new Spider-Man, both of which were astoundingly good. Here's the thing. You may have meant to say that. You definitely said disappointment, because I remember being extremely confused as to what the fuck you meant. <laughs> oh, uh, I think so. what I might have said was, I think anything would have been a disappointment after those two. No, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, maybe anyway, you had a lot of thoughts in your brain and it, it got that, jumbled coming out, or maybe... That is entirely possible. But, in my mind, was a little bit too blown after that, but... Yeah, yeah. but that, that, that no, that's, that's what I was trying to say, which was that I didn't think much could live up to the last two, but this was shockingly bad um wow it was not bad all the way through it had some excellent moments as previously discussed the villain is amazing uh Mm -hmm. russell crowe as zeus is hilarious while he's briefly on screen with his Um, silly little greek accent yeah with his silly exactly with his silly greek accent like what they did with uh jane i actually quite liked um there are a lot of good moments in this but it is overshadowed by the fact that the whole movie is cringe. Yes, yeah, like, I didn't, they I didn't find it. cranked the, the ridiculousness of the jokes up to 11, and it, that was too far for me. See, both you and Meg said that when you left, and like, I, I mean, it was very silly. So actually, I was thinking about Matt, because there's been several times, and I know, Adam, you kind of shared this feeling too, but I can vividly remember hearing it from Matt a lot, which was... Uh, that the MCU sometimes is getting too silly. And there's that line at the very end of Ragnarok where it's like, oh, it's at least built on a stable foundation, and then it breaks, and it's like, oh, that foundation's gone. And I remember thinking about that. So when we left the theater, I'm like, if that's what I think I even said as much, but I didn't mention Matt's name. But I'm like, if this, if Ragnarok was as silly as you could handle, this is going to be a step too far. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't actually find it cringe at all. I'm not even particularly sure. I mean, you said the entire thing was cringe, so that's interesting. Uh, I mean, it was it was silly and it was stupid. My biggest problem, aside from the lack of gore, was probably just that I 
I, I like Thor as a character a lot, but he keeps getting reset. And it sounds like they're not going to do that anymore now, based on the way this movie ends. But, like, he, like, has some growth, and then he loses something, and then he goes back. Has some growth, loses something, and he goes back. Has some, you know, so it's been kind of cyclical. It's like, man, I, I actually need to see a little bit of progress. Because the, the arc that he goes on in this movie is not dissimilar to the one he went on in the first fucking movie. And he's been in probably the most Marvel movies of anybody. He's the only solo hero to get four movies. He was in the Avengers movies. It wasn't in Civil War, but he was in, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. Like, the the man keeps getting... And they they always have a reason for him to get pushed down. Like, I thought Chris Hemsworth does some great acting, both comedically and then also in Jane Dies. Like, you just see them sitting there defeated like another one. Yeah. Like, everyone I love keeps fucking dying. Like, I really saw that all in his face. And so I get why he hides and he's put up this barrier. But uh, I... I I really want to... This is the last movie that they're going to get away with it for me without Thor growing permanently. Yeah. Well, and I mean, arc. he does have a rather large change in his life now um, as of the yes. end of this movie. So presumably that will facilitate something. Um, but I think we got we to gotta take it to Matt. Matt, was it too silly for you? Did you cringe? I didn't cringe, but I do think it was too silly. Um, I will say, I liked nearly all of the humor. There was only a couple of jokes that I didn't find funny. Like, I laughed at most of the jokes. That said, they were they were good jokes, but I think they weren't used in the best way. Like, I think there was just too many, um, or they were just used in inopportune moments or whatever it was where I found some of the jokes just took away from my ability to care about what was going on. Cause it, I got the feeling that the characters didn't care what was going on in a bunch of places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there might be what would seem like a very important, serious scene. And then someone just makes a joke about it and it's like, okay, well you don't seem to care. Why would I care? Um, and so, yeah, well I thought the individual jokes were good. I think they used Far too many of them. Fair. And this is going to be like one of my most controversial takes. So I'm prepared to get a beating for this on uh, our Facebook page. But I think Taika Waititi is fantastic. But he's best when he's like, for lack of a better word, proving himself. Like he had a good quote. He said that director's cuts are terrible because the directors need to get reined in. Well, I think they reined in the wrong things. Like with Ragnarok, no one knew what this guy was going to do. He's in a couple like indie hits. But at the time, he's still proving himself. And then he's a superstar after Ragnarok, and he did a couple other things. Like uh, he did that uh, that Hitler movie that yes. was really good. That was, really but like good. you wouldn't Jojo expect. Jojo yeah, you Rabbit. Expect the new... Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, you wouldn't expect him to make that type of movie, so he's still proving himself. This was like a victory lap type movie, and I think that's the problem: is that he had, for lack of a better word, a little too much confidence that everything he was going to go for was going to work, and it's just like mm, maybe you need to, you know, stick to. Keep it a little bit tighter. Yeah, there is a danger to being able to do whatever you want. um, And not, I mean, there are definitely problems that come with like, you know, other people saying like, no, don't do this weird thing that you want to do. Because sometimes it's great. Um, But also sometimes it just stops it from being weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think let's go through the... uh, yeah, let's go through the actual... So we got Gore's opening, which I'm hoping to uh, to leave early enough to catch this time because I didn't catch last time. I always... Uh, sorry, Cineplex. I always smuggle in some food 
And I went to uh, old Mickey D's to smuggle on a burger, and I pulled up to the drive-thru, and I had enough time to make the movie. And then they hit you with this one. I only ordered, like, a habanero egg McMuffin. Like, it wasn't very much. And then they hit me with this. Can you pull over to stall number one, please? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, that oh, no. same phrase made me late for my ultimate game yesterday. I was like, McDonald's, you know I only come here because it's fast, right? Yeah. Yeah, if I kind of felt of the like... fast, there's no point. Like, what happens if you're just like, No. I'm not going to do that. Because the problem is, I don't know about you, Matt, sometimes you're in the stall with somebody else. And so it's like, well, they ordered like a meal for a group of six. I ordered one burger that you didn't have ready at the time, but you're only going to send someone out once. So now i got to wait for them. So anyway, I'm hoping to get there early enough to catch the very beginning of the movie. But I did see Gore take the Necro Sword and kill the god, which is interesting. And then you get the Thor scene. And I like, I'm a big fan of the 80s stuff. It's not that version of the 80s isn't quite my aesthetic, but as I was watching, I was like, Jack Black, and particularly the Jack Black that made Brutal Legend, is going to fucking love this scene where you get (laughs) Thor with the Guardians of the Galaxy, welcome to the jungle, and he kills everything. But then he, like, destroys the temple, which is exactly what Thor in Thor 1 would have done. I'm like, man. You learned nothing. Come on, man. I, like, they really emphasize the fact that Thor loves to give speeches in this one, which is not a character trait that I thought that he carried over from any of the previous movies. But in this one, we're like, what if we made him do, like, 9,000 speeches? I'm like, what? Okay. Chris Hemsworth was like, I'm not talking enough. Yeah. But, I mean, it looked cool. So yeah. the rule of cool applied in that opening scene, for sure. I will say. Cool. An, an opening fight scene has, I think, has license to just be fun. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the the one part of it, like, one of the jokes, and I, I would say, like, I don't want to sound like none of the jokes worked for me. I'd say, like, half of the jokes worked for me. And one of the ones that absolutely did work for me was when he's talking to the guy in charge afterward, and he wants to talk about the temple, and the guy's like, I don't want to talk about that. It just makes me sad and mad. And he goes, okay, we won't talk about it then. <laughs> it's just like, that's just so good. Yeah, that was great. Another classic, like, New Zealand... Uh bit actor that they got for that role that was solid and it was nice to see the guardians of the galaxy although shit what was i watching i think it was uh fuck now i'm I'm blanking on it but i remember seeing the whole like you need to feel shitty you need to have feel something yeah oh i watched uh the big sick have you guys seen the big i sick? have no idea what that is it's I've a heard of it but i have not seen kumail nanjiani movie that he wrote with his wife uh and it's a more or less based on a true story of, of how they met. And I won't spoil how they met um, because that's the premise of the movie. But it's quite a good movie. And it's like one of those things. I remember it being like an indie darling from a few years ago. Like, oh, man, like this nice little movie. So highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. But at one point, um, Kumail is talking to uh, his wife's or his wife-to-be's dad. And he confesses that he cheated on his wife. And that's in that moment he knew that he like truly loved his wife. He's like, sometimes you gotta cheat on them, and then you feel how shitty you are, and that's how you know you're truly in love. And Kabale correctly points out, like that's the stupidest advice I've ever heard. <laughs> so I went directly, I went directly from that to the speech with Chris Pratt, where he's like, sometimes you need to feel like shitty and empty. I'm like, I don't know if that that tracks. I know that's like a a version of, you know, is it better to have loved and lost and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But I'm like, mm, I don't know how much of an arc I buy for that. But whatever. It was nice to see the Guardians. How uh, briefly, yeah. Yeah. Kind of nice that they pulled the trigger and got all of them there. I thought maybe like one of them. But like, nope, they, nope, they, they paid for everybody. Yeah. Good for them. 
even Vin Diesel are very good. Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper. Uh, in, in no, it was it was then, them. It said so in the credits. Yeah, yeah, which is very impressive. Uh, so yeah. then we learn that Jane has cancer. She does the old interstellar pen between the thing. What are the odds that the guy sitting next to her is reading her book? But like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Go off, Jane. Uh, so she's got cancer, and then she believes. I thought this was kind of an elegant solution to it because, like, yeah, she would have power. And then, of course, we're all thinking beforehand: uh, Is Jane worthy? Like, why is she picking up the hammer? But it's ultimately Thor has at least some power. We'll see it later of enchantment, and so he kind of enchanted Just like Mjolnir. His father. Exactly. That's exactly what I, I saw. Some people yeah. online had a real problem with that ending scene, but I'm like, well, Odin could do it, so. Why couldn't Thor? Why can't exactly? On some level, yeah. yeah. So I actually, I actually totally love that because here's a question for you. Maybe I'll put this in our clickbait title. Um, there's a real question of what makes worthiness because I saw the internet going back and forth on uh, whether or not Spider-Man would be worthy. So before I come up with an answer that uh, a Thor writer gave that I totally agree with, I'm curious. I'll go to you first, Matt. Is Spider-Man worthy? I mean, probably what most people would think of as just like an immediate answer would be like a lot of the various Avengers would be worthy because they're like good people who try to do good things and save people. But I feel like if 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 the, the worthiness is going to be anything other than just a hand wavy way to explain why only Thor can use it, um, it's it's got to be something different than just like you're a generally good person um which i'm sure i could come up with something but to be honest uh right now brain's not working fast enough <laughs> um but uh i would say no because i think it has to be something a little more complicated than just being a good person you're not wrong there i, I do have a more or less official answer but i'm curious where adam goes on that question first i also think the answer is no um, I think they're like, cause if you look at, cause we, we got the scene in age of Ultron, which is like one of the best scenes in the movie with them all trying to pick it up and nobody mm -hmm. can do it except captain America who pretends he can't do it. Um, and so we have established the only Avengers of the original set who can do it are cap and Thor and possibly black widow, but probably not cause she doesn't try. Mm -hmm. um and so if you ask the question of is like is is spider-man captain america no no he's not um he's much closer to iron man than he is to captain america um not in not in temperament necessarily but in if you're talking about qualities that make a person worthy to wield a hammer i i would say that that list pretty much begins and ends with cap interesting so the uh because I, I saw a lot of people there's, there's quite an online debate about this actually I, I think it popped up on twitter last year or the year before when people were talking about it and uh a lot of people the confusion is worthiness is not goodness so if worthiness was goodness, then yes, Spider-Man would probably be able to lift it because he's just a real good guy. But the uh, Thor writer answer, and I'm blanking on who it was. I'm sure people with Google can figure it out. Uh, but basically, 
Worthiness comes from Odin. So what would Odin consider worthiness? And a key part of that is you have to be willing to kill. Which a lot of superheroes wouldn't want to do, including Spider-Man. Like, Thor is willing to kill his enemies. He's a warrior. This is Odin we're talking about. He's going to have a warrior's kind of worthiness. That was a big deal. So, I don't know if Jane Foster, like, in her regular life, would be capable of murder in the way that Odin might require for his type of worthiness, but that was the official answer. So, you need to be a good person, but that you got to be a warrior. You have to be willing to uh, to take life if it's required. Not just willy-nilly, of course. Yeah. But that was uh, kind of the official answer, which is an interesting point. So, But I did like that as an elegant solution to get around it. And then that's that leads into, I forget why he goes back to Asgard. It doesn't particularly matter. New Asgard has become sort of a tourist destination, which like I, gotta, I guess they got to pay the bill somehow. So, sure. A little bit cheesy. I don't know, like Thanos cones or Infinity yeah. cones. Isn't that like having, I saw this on, on Imgur, I think. Isn't that like having a Holocaust sweet shop? <laughs> yes like someone actually I, I don't know yeah. who it was but full credit to this person i did not come up with this but it's brilliant ouch sweets ouch oh my oh god, god. <laughs> uh, thank god we're not on air anymore otherwise we would be was, getting a talking was, to for that one absolutely perfect i i couldn't have done it better myself. jesus Woo! god damn yes that would be rough uh anyway so then we we see uh, Jane, and then she kind of catches up with Thor. We get to see a bit of Gore attacking uh, the village, which was fine and dandy. Gore looks great. He eventually eventually figures it out, catches the children. I liked how a couple times, like he, that we didn't get to see yeah. Gore fight, but every time we fought, that you got the feeling that this is not just like an idiot with a lot of power. He's not just strong. He's actually very clever. And I thought that his fights, he's also looked great because he does like the type of teleport shit. I told this to Adam immediately after we got out of this. I'm like, this reminds me of a Mortal Kombat fight, which is like the teleport here, teleport there. You know, I, I actually yeah. quite enjoyed that. Uh, this began the love triangle between Thor, Mjolnir, and uh, Stormbreaker. Uh, Stormbreaker, Stormbreaker, which if I could make, I guess, two changes, because I already made the one change to add more gores. I don't need Stormbreaker to be sentient. I know it doesn't talk or anything like that, but... You could have, yeah. The, the the one joke, like one or two of them, where it like, like, eases into frame. Like I thought it worked when when Thor was holding out his hand, and then Stormbreaker yeah. showed up. That one worked because it would have showed up anyway. It's the hammer or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I don't need, <laughs> I don't need more of it. I don't need to think of the Stormbreaker as like a jealous ex. It's like, mm. or jealous, <laughs> no, jealous girlfriend. Kirk, I guess. Yeah, jealous girlfriend. It's like, mm. yeah, didn't need that. Yeah, those are sort of the main jokes for me that like. I actually think we're very funny every time, but also just totally, it, it felt like the movie, it wasn't just a funny thing that happened. It felt like a writer was like, and I'm going to find a way to make a joke. Uh, mm -hmm. And every, so like I laughed at every one of those jokes, but it also completely pulled me out of the movie every time. Cause it's like Thor has never talked to his weapons before. This has never been a thing. This is just now suddenly been created because it would be funny and for no other real reason and also didn't we learn didn't he learn in ragnarok what are you the god of hammers like come on we did this yeah yeah you don't need it the hammer just channels the power yes yeah. uh agreed so then after that i believe that's when they go to omnipotent city and uh, you meet up with a whole bunch of other gods and the greatest waste Russell of potential Crow's in this movie like, well, it, yeah, no, this is incredible. 
and they did nothing here. One of the reviews that I saw was this might, like, I get this for a lot of MCU movies, but this definitely could have been two movies. Like, you could have had a Thor mini-arc or something like that, where it's just, like, Gore was his, his own, like, little Thanos. And, like, maybe Russell Crowe is the final boss or something. I, like, I don't know. But there's definitely a way to do it. I think that a lot of this could have used more space. Like, it's such a cool place to go. Uh, but it, it ultimately goes nowhere. And also, it kind of... Like, a lot of these gods have very traditional god powers. Like, it sounds like they can inherently hear prayers, which is not something that we've necessarily heard of from Thor, right? He's never been like, ah, shit, he doesn't have that Bruce Almighty moment. It's like, yeah, there's someone in Norway who's praying to me right now or something like that. You yeah, know, it's, it's never, like, gods in the MCU have never been, like, treated as actual gods, really. They've just sort of been super-powered people. Yeah, in fact, um, Odin says so, right? In Thor yes, 2, I believe yeah, it is. Orden, We're not gods. Yeah, we just... Because yeah, uh, Thor's comment is, you know, give or take 5,000 years in response to mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that, Which that I don't necessarily need, too. but I feel like there's, I don't know, some some missed opportunities with stuff like that. As well, I was fully expecting the entire time we were there that we were going to run into one of the gods for Moon Knight. Because how do you have a show featuring multiple Egyptian gods as, like, main characters, and then, like, then, you know, two movies later, you go to a god city and you don't see any of them? Yeah, like, Ra was mentioned by Thor that that he was there. I don't think Ra... Ra was one of the most uh, conspicuously missing gods from Moon Knight, right? Like, the most powerful god they talked to was the... The person of Osiris, yeah. Um, but Ra's like the big powerhouse. But like, yeah, how do you not? How do you not throw Ra in there? There were some good jokes. Like, I don't know that I needed as many like furry feet gods, but I thought that the Korg's god sitting on a throne of scissors that was a good joke. That was a good joke. Like nice, yeah, quick stuff funny. like the, that the was god fine. of dumplings. I, I was pro the god of dumplings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be a bunch of wacky gods. That was all good. Yeah. But yeah, kind of a. I mean, it sounds like they're gonna go back, which is the one thing, like, because we know that from the post credit scene matt i assume god i assume you stayed for both i actually didn't stay for the second one we only saw stayed for the first one because my girlfriend had a headache here's the thing i got you i again i'm sorry cineplex i recorded it because a friend of mine that i took couldn't couldn't make the second one so i recorded it and sent it to her so i'll send it to you too praise you i was trying to find it on youtube i mean the second one is mostly meaningless so yeah, it's it's cute. Well, yeah, that that's I mean, why we'll, I could kind of I could kind of something and... we would have already suspected. Uh, okay, you say that, but people have gone two different ways on that epilogue. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I did not. Well, know. people have interpreted in, in two separate directions, but you know we got to keep moving so they can get there. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, they they meet up. They they kill Zeus, which seemed like a little bit easy. Also, Thor gets uh, flicked. He gets he gets flicked too hard and becomes naked. And then I remember watching that in the trailer, and it's like, yeah, we all want to see Chris Hemsworth's ass. I'm not going to deny that. But I was thinking as we did that, I'm like, mm, this is a little bit of a of a double standard movie thing because that's a joke that you couldn't pull off with a girl. Like that would everyone would feel creepy about that because Chris Hemsworth is like, yeah, of course he wants to show off his ass. It's Chris Hemsworth. But to their credit, they do clear that up. Like immediately after the scene, he's like, he flicked me too hard. I got naked, which I liked. So he's like, yeah, <laughs> Thor was clearly okay with it. But. uh yeah, kind of a we'll we'll definitely see more of it, but I agree that wasn't the strongest scene. Yeah, I was disappointed with the fight scene. Like, I uh, you know if you, when you imagine Thor fighting Zeus, this probably isn't what comes to mind. No. And I was hoping for something a lot more intense. 
a little God of War, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought Russell Crowe as Zeus was, was funny. Um, it, it took me a while, but I, I came around, and I think I, I, I liked the way they, they did him. But I still wish that he felt powerful, because I he, I feel like he lost really easily. Yeah, and I was felt, sort of expecting this to be a lot more than it was. I agree. Yeah, and you can be goofy and still strong. Like, yeah. you know, it could have been, like, you know... It, it's been done in other things where, you know, everything is sort of nice and light on the surface, but like, don't you mess with me. Cause I'm still a God and will fuck you up. But yeah, like all we saw never was, really okay, happened. You can do some tricks with the lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's not really. And also like, why, why do the gods have generic guards? Yeah. Why like, is that a thing a for? Yeah. Um, just to make him, just to make him feel good. I suppose. Yeah. That, that was, uh, a lot of that was a bit bizarre. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so, but after that goes into one of the coolest things. So this, I mean, Taika, similar to, and this is the only time I'll compare the two, similar to Zack Snyder, is also pretty good at like creating just still moments that just look pretty fucking cool. He's really got that down, I think. And uh, any scene, like I think we skipped over a scene where uh, Thor communed with Axel and Axel is Heimdall's son. And who has similar powers to him. So, like, fine. Okay. Yeah. So, you get to do the thing. I, you know, there were a couple silly moments where, like, this is a pretty important conversation that Thor is having with them the second time they do it. Why is Valkyrie, you know, make trying Tickling to make Thor him? sneeze? Yeah. yeah. It's like, this Valkyrie, this is a, you're the king. You should probably be taking this a little more seriously. Whatever. He's talking to a bunch of kidnapped kids. He should maybe, maybe be a little bit serious in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't know how much I love that. But, uh, that does lead into the scene. We'll fast forward right through it, but it does lead into the scene where they go into the shadow realm, and uh, it's a little bit Super Mario Galaxy, right? Where they land on the planet and they hop out. Oh yeah, and like fighting and off it, it just falls over. Yes, that was that was pretty good. But once they all go black and white, uh, just a really really cool looking scene. And again, uh, I forget what I talked about this before. I, mean, I was even Top Gun last week, I think. Right. One of the things you want when you go to the cinema is every movie should show you something you've never seen before. They don't have to, like, the entire movie doesn't have to be original because no story is that original, right? But if you're going to be paying the big bucks, you should see something that you haven't seen. I haven't seen any of that before. That was really cool. That was a great yeah. fight. Oh, yeah. That was super cool. And, like, the the whole black and white aesthetic, if you just said beforehand, oh, and then they go to, like, the creepy planet and everything goes in black and white, it'd be like, okay, yeah, sure, but... I- I don't know if they had like extra effects on the black and white or if I just underestimated how cool black and white would be, but that entire sequence looked fucking sick. It was so cool. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. And uh, that was another great, just a phenomenal fight scene with, with Christian Bale. I think that he pretty much went um, two for two. Like you might think that it was the second time meeting like baby Thor and them, and they do start to like beat up on him a little bit. But then, like I said before, he kind of out clevers them. And he figures out a smarter way to beat them. And it's, you know, three on one. He's got the moshes, I, I understand. But it's still, it was great. An established score, just a great character. And that's also when I was like, don't fucking kill him, man. Don't. This guy's too cool. But that's the live. problem is Christian Bale, you know, is he didn't sign on for more than one movie. Like, you just know that. So that was the unfortunate part. A bit of a catch-22 there. Yeah, yeah. The only it was such a cool fight scene. The only thing I didn't like was the death fake out with Valkyrie. I'm not a fan of death fake outs, 
and oh, yeah. they had more dead there were more death fake outs than deaths in this movie didn't she um, get stabbed in the gut or something what happened to her yeah yeah, yeah she got like yes like gore sort of shouted up behind her and stabbed her through the back uh, and then, and then the next fine. and then a scene later she's just sort of like oh i'm sort of sore but i got stabbed in that last scene so now i conveniently can't take part in the finale you know yeah that was yes. it, uh, between that yeah. and then russell crowe got shot through the gut and matt we just finished talking about obi-wan like can we can gut shots get some fucking respect <laughs> you know where gut shots get respect in the boys if someone <laughs> yeah. gets hit then that is they are bad news trouble. bears yeah 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 like That's i know where, it like, doesn't Especially, this it doesn't season. necessarily mean you're dead, but like you're not okay. You're not up and walking around two scenes later. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be taken out. Well, this was a good moment. So then you have, they found a way to get Valkyrie kind of out of the uh, out of the picture, and they also found a way to get Jane out of the picture, because turns out that I didn't fully understand why Mjolnir is actually making it worse, but I I could believe that like it's putting it on pause, like. It's yeah. like not improving, and it was already a terminal cancer. But they actually went out of their way to be like, no, 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 this is actively making it worse. I'm like, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I buy that. It, it's it's not kinda... temporary V from <laughs> uh, the from the boys. Yeah, I kind of took it as that like it does it drains her because she's mortal, like she's not super powered in any way. So to wield all this power kind of drains her own energy. That's how I understood it. That sounds like sounds like Mjolnir is doing a pretty shitty job of protecting her. Then <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The one job. <laughs> Look, it's like I have protected you by locking hammer. you in a basement. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like, not I really mean, what I meant, buddy. Yeah, I guess it's like it's not supposed to be a monkey's claw. You know, it's supposed yeah. to be just it, as he intended it to be. And Mjolnir's got some healing powers. We know that. We've seen that in both. Uh, well, that's just sort of Stormbreaker. But anyway, so that leads into Thor going to have a big fight scene with Gore. Uh, with all the children at kind of the center of the universe. And boy, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah. uh, that leads to a, a, a scene that I saw people on Twitter particularly did not like, which was Thor grants the kid's powers. I like it for two reasons. First of all, as we established, his dad could do it. So he could do it, at least on some capacity. His dad can make superheroes. That's how powerful Odin is. Thor can do it temporarily. Sure. And also, I thought he was amplifying his power with Zeus's thunderbolt, isn't that the plan? Like the kids had yellow lightning powers, not white lightning powers. So he probably he needs a, a weapon to amplify his powers to channel it, right? So I don't think that's a thing he could have done with Stormbreaker or Milner. He needed Zeus's artifact. Is how I interpreted that. So I didn't have a problem with that. And also, it led into a pretty cool fight scene where you got to have the kids fighting. But did that scene bother you guys? It did. No, it didn't bother me at all, actually. <laughs> like, I I sort of saw Thor, you know, sort of temporarily, like, grant, granting his powers as, like, a direct callback to Odin doing the same thing. It's like, we've seen this happen in a Thor movie before, so it didn't, it didn't feel out of place to me. There were other things in this movie that felt more out of place than, than Thor granting the kids' powers for me. I mean, for me, it was Adam. more like, just like, if he can do this, why doesn't he do this all the time? Like this is it like uh, that and that came up a few times uh, m one of which we will get to in a minute but it's like if this was a thing it should have come up before now mm -hmm. um at, like as a scene like if you just take the scene in a bubble he gives the kids powers they go and they go and fight the monsters it's very the end of Shazam like I'm like 
in a bubble, the scene is fine. Taken out of its context, it makes no goddamn sense. But I have so many other problems with the movie that that one, I, that is very far down my list. Yeah, it's, I mean, it did definitely feel like Shazam. But, I mean, it, that's one of the cases where I, I, I saw it one way and then a couple of people that I saw online and now Adam kind of in person saw it the same way so, or saw it a different way, so I, I understand it. Um, dang, you t- totally, like, ruined my train of thought there. Oh, so then you get a cool scene. It looks like Jane understood the stakes. Like, if she comes, she's, she's going to die. Yeah. yeah, like, that's... But, oh, I remember where I was going to go. So this movie, as much as I loved gore and i've loved a lot of mcu villains lately i think the stage four uh or phase four might be their strongest villain phase but there's a lot of movies that i watch not just marvel movies but definitely marvel movies included that make me appreciate thanos more because when you watch particularly infinity war there's the feeling that this the heroes are making all the right choices there's none of that they're intentionally like being dumb for the sake of the story so the story can happen happen no the heroes are being smart in infinity war but thanos is being even smarter which is just i can't think of that many villains like maybe like hans landa from inglorious bast like it's just a really rare villain trait it seems like a cliche to have like the smart villain but a lot of times they're just written where we get told that they're smart and we don't necessarily actually see it, right? Yeah. Whereas when you watch Thanos, it's just like, yeah, he's they made a good choice. He predicted it. He saw it coming. I don't see that in a lot of other movies, and I would have liked to see that kind of in here too. I was watching. I'm like, mm, yeah, I, I wish wish everyone was just a little bit smarter. But I understand that the movie can't happen if they are that way. I guess. But yeah, that was definitely a wish I had. Yeah, it would have been exactly. nice. But. Uh... Well, we're about to we're about to get to the finale. So then, uh, the finale. Anytime you got wishes in a in a finale, you got problems. Wishes is a bad idea. They should have threw in even if it's a stupid line, and it would have had to have been a stupid line. They needed a line about why they didn't use the Eternity for Thanos, like similar to how they have a line in every movie that takes place on Earth as to why the Avengers can't show up. Yeah, boy, I really could have used like one line where it caught Thor off guard, or like oh, I didn't realize it, or like. You know, I, it wasn't clear to me why they didn't even bring... I mean, we obviously know in real life, but boy, it could have... I think it could have closed a major plot hole with this whole wish thing if they had been like, this is why it wouldn't have worked for Thanos because it it's a little bit Wonder Woman 2-y, right? Yeah. Like, wishes, it's just too too much of a can of worms. It's just a little gross. It's a little too open-ended. Uh, so, ugh, didn't like that. Aesthetically, looked very cool. Yes. And uh, I I do love, as we know, philosophical endings. I was kind of confused because Jane clearly died after the battle of cancer. Now we established with Lady Sif that that means that she doesn't go to Valhalla. That's actually Did we not establish that? We did establish that. And yet, Matt, as you probably know, you're going to know soon once you watch the snap that I'm going to send you after this. The second post-credit scene is Jane and Valhalla. So she does get to go. But like, does she? Maybe she was so, she was still fighting the battle for Gore's cancer. soul. <laughs> May <laughs> true. She lost the battle with cancer, or as Norm Macdonald would say, at worst it's a tie. 
Because cancer died, too. That's true. Yes. She tied cancer. I think that gets you into Valhalla. She fought cancer to a draw. Yeah, that, gets, that definitely gets you into Valhalla. So, yeah, it looked very cool. And even though I normally love philosophical final battles, I mean, I don't know how much I bought the fact that Gore was like, yeah, you know what? I could, like, wish my daughter to come back to life. Like, I guess. I, I don't know. Didn't yep. love it. I, I, I bought that he would wish his daughter back. But they could have done, I think, a lot more to earn it. It felt kind of easy. Yeah. Um, in you know, in in terms of uh, philosophical finales that I've seen recently, um, you know, the the philosophical final battle and everything everywhere all at once took like twenty five minutes, and this one took about twenty five seconds. Yeah, uh, I need to watch. You know, that. and you don't you don't oh, need yeah, it to be the whole final act, uh, yeah. but like. I don't know. I, or just I, for him to have ever had that thought. Yeah, this right? is where more gore time would have been great because the one time oh, yes. we see him interacting with the kids, he's scaring them intentionally. So it might have been good if we had like two or three times. And the first time he's been like, you know, I actually had a daughter. So like, I'm just using you because I'm trying to get like, I'm trying to, and if you try to like convince them and then you see him get corrupted by the sword a little like bit over bit. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. So again, yeah. we this movie needed 20 more minutes and that minute, like, and Gore needs of to be those in all need of to go to Gore. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. I think that would yeah. have really improved it. Oh, yeah. Just like some kind of scene. I mean, when you have a, a, a villain whose main motivation is that his child was killed, and then, like, the majority of his screen time is with children, how do you not do something with that? You know, yeah. I, I feel like it really could have used a scene where, like, maybe one of the kids does something that, you know, his his daughter did, and he, you know, tries to have some kind of, like, you know, it reminds him of her and he tries to have some kind of nice conversation, but then they're terrified of him and he's, you know, you just sort of plant that seed of mm-hmm. of doubt in what he's doing so that when you get to the end, it's not just like, hey, Gore, be good. And he's like, well, okay. Yeah. You know? and it's it like, just, it didn't. Yeah, because it doesn't, uh, it doesn't like, feel like he ever had the thought to do that before Thor says it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a f- totally fine ending point. I like the ending point. Um but you know, it's like, it's like he ran ninety nine meters in a straight line and then did a one eighty in the last one meter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's not quite as bad, or like you know, it might it might be bad, but it's a similar bad to when you like kill a bunch of like mooks and then you get to the end. It's like no, 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 I'm not killing any more person. It's like what? You're what about <laughs> all the guys? Like it's the same type of thing. It's just like really like I, it wasn't established that like this is where you draw the line. I that's one of my absolute most hated a movie cliches and this is not far off it and then to to finalize the movie before we uh give the mic a little bit to adam for the complaint session then it ends up with thor who's got a god child who's kind of got the powers of eternity because she's got the eternity shadow who's played by chris hemsworth's real daughter uh and then they're off and she calls herself love and he's thunder and they're off doing hero shit mm. Don't love that. I mean, I guess it depends on where they go with it. I just, I don't love that as an ending point uh, because I, it wasn't, to me, clear that Thor wanted to be a dad this entire time. It's kind of the equivalent of it. If you know someone's like really going through a rough time, like a rough breakup or something, and then they adopt a cat, it's just like, hmm, well, I'm sure you'll do a fine job, but I don't know that that's the solution to your problems because it's a very long-term solution. Yes. You know, yeah. sometimes you might just need like a a weekend bender or just like t- 
to go to activate and that'll solve your problems. You don't necessarily activate is a <laughs> recreational thing. It's not a club. It's definitely a club somewhere though. Let's be honest. Just but you know what I mean? Like that, that it just kind of didn't love that as the ending to the movie. I'm, I'm hopeful that Thor goes to new and interesting places. And this does, this would make it ridiculous for him to get reset again, given where he finishes this, but mm-hmm. mm, didn't love it. Yeah. It's, a, it's another one where I like the end point. You know, um, I think it's an interesting thing they could do with the character. And I mean, as their actual family, I think they had really good chemistry together. And I would look forward to seeing more of them. But also, there's absolutely like nothing, not a second of this movie that is about Thor being a parent or even being like a caretaker. You know, I mean, I know it's about him rescuing children. But there was it. He was never really doing that out of like a sense of um, being a caretaker of the village or anything like that. It was just a generic like because that's what heroes do kind of thing, which is fine. But then, yeah, when you pull out like, and now I'm gonna go off and be a dad. It's like oh, that wasn't really what your story was about, though. So eh, I don't know. I I'd be interested to see what they do with it. I don't think it's a bad idea, but you just have to have like some amount of setup at all for that yeah anything anything would have done mm-hmm. yeah and then anyway it gets into the final scene which uh as i already described is jane arriving in valhalla you don't get to see they didn't pay for anthony oh, hoffman you, you skipped to, uh... the previous after credit scene well yeah i mean we kind of already talked about it though it's like russell crowe shows up and you're gonna get some sort of thing. And I assume, Matt, you lost your shit in the theater when you oh, saw Brett Goldstein. He's here. He's there. He's every, he's every fucking, fucking where. Roy Kent. Roy Hercules. Kent. Hercules. Yeah. <laughs> so, great actor. Phenomenal writer, by the way. So, I'm assuming they're going to get him on, because uh, I know he wrote a lot of Ted Lasso, too. But, like, sneaky great pick for the casting for, for Hercules. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we know where, where Thor's going to go in the next movie they kind of called their shots which i don't particularly love when movies do i kind of like an epilogue to the movie that we just saw or maybe like remember when mcu used to lead into like the most chronological next movie oh yeah as opposed to the next i, I kind of like character. that yeah yeah like give us a teaser of like guardians of whatever the fuck is coming next like i don't you're just putting yourself in a box for where this movie's gonna go in like three or four years whenever the yeah the times when they've done this because like there's a lot of time in between like the individual characters movies you know like the end of guardians of the galaxy 2 when they set up adam warlock and it's like it's sort of been too long to still be hyped about that you know like it's cool in the moment but so much time goes by that the end of doctor strange another good one yeah oh yeah. yeah i mean yeah they completely changed what they did with that character um so yeah i feel like they sort of box themselves in and also like you just can't maintain that kind of hype for that long you know you might as well set up something that's actually coming soon yeah exactly but so then we'll move into the valhalla one because i didn't want to i don't want to forget that i um foreshadowed earlier so some people saw valhalla as uh oh man they're keeping natalie portman and idris elba because idris elba was there they're keeping natalie portman and idris elba on payroll they're gonna come back one day death means nothing uh and then some people saw it as uh and i'm in the second camp by the way it's just like oh just kind of like a nice conclusion to jane's story i don't see anyone i would be shocked if anyone came back from valhalla i thought it was just like 
you know, she died of cancer. That was unfortunate, but she got to like live. She got to go to uh, the heroes like afterlife of Valhalla. Like Jane made it there. I thought it was just a like, nice conclusion and then a nice Easter egg to see Idris Elba there too. And then he could thank her for looking after his son, which is a very like heartwarming moment. Um, so Adam, did you think that Valhalla meant that they were going to bring them back? Uh, no, or... actually, I, I was with you. I thought that was, I didn't need the scene, but I thought I put a nice bow on the story. I was, I was fine with that. And it, like, I mean, my opinion will drastically change if they do anything that involves anyone communicating with Valhalla at all. But if that's all it is, if they're like, they're just saying, hey, there's an afterlife and Jane's there. I'm fine with that. Yeah, having yeah. not seen it, uh, it seems to be like it's just a good way to just give, you know, important characters just one final, like, nice, happy send off moment. Agreed. Great. That's all I thought. So, Adam, did we uh, miss out? Because I don't want to go for too much longer. Did we miss out on any complaint sessions that uh, you wanted to get out of your system? Uh, no, I think I think we mostly covered it. Like I said, m- most of my problem was that the I like the bones of this movie. I really like the villain. It's just the whole thing was saturated end to end with the worst jokes in Marvel. Um, and like some of them hit, but a lot of them didn't. I, I watched like a third of this movie through my fingers because it was so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, again, the, the cringe thing, I think we'll have to like take you to a psychiatrist and analyze what about this specifically made you cringe because like there's bad jokes, but cr- it's such a distinctive reaction that you yeah. had to this. I'm very curious. Well, I'm the, also we'll, like well, one of the people who I don't like watching a lot of the a lot of like sitcommy type shows because a lot of their humor kind of relies on that, too. And I'm just too... I guess I like empathic maybe is the word like like I, I I it's too painful to watch a character make that much of a fool of themselves. Yeah, actually that was the thing. Like, I watched a couple of reviews before I went into the movie and and the common thing was like it's not like Thor's making a joke and we're laughing at the situation. It's Thor is the joke and there was a, f- a fair amount of that, you know, I'm not going to deny it, but I also thought there was a a good you know, he need he when he needed to get serious the movie did a good job of, of getting serious too. But um, Matt, I'll give you a final thought. And then it's time for that, that clickbait, baby. I want to do an MCU phase tier list. What? And also I want to know where we're going to put this. I mean, there's only four of them. But I also want to know, so Matt, give us your final thoughts. And then where would you rate this? We have S, A, B, C, and D tier. Transcendent, great movie, good superhero movie, price popcorn, forgettable. So I want to know, Matt, final thoughts, and also where would you rank this movie? Well, I think I think this movie is a really good idea of um, a group of people saying like, hey, that last thing we did was great. Let's do that again, but more. And then you sort of lose what made the first thing great in going all in on it. Um, that said, I still enjoyed myself. I think the movie is very funny, even if at times that's to its own detriment. Um yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, although I was I was a bit disappointed. Um, I would say this is like the top, like tippy top of C tier, where I think I have too many problems with it to say that like across the board it's just good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it does well, I think it does very well. Uh, and so I can't really say that it's just kind of. Like, it's not quite average. It has 
the greats are greats and or the greats are great and the lows are are pretty low so you have it at the top of good superhero movie tier or do you have uh, it at the top of worth the price of popcorn because worth the price of popcorn would have been oh, oh, c tier yes which is in the sorry lower half yeah i would do price of popcorn then okay yep fair adam i have a feeling i know where you're uh going. i i wish i could find our original list so i could uh, s- well, see what i'm comparing it to I mean, it's your fault for not having it on Facebook, but forgettable would be Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Hulk, Thor 2, okay, it's better Iron than Man 2, and Black Widow. Worth the price of popcorn would be Thor 1, Ant-Man 1, and Iron Man 3. Uh, okay, I, I would put that in. I would put it in there. I would put it in forgettable. Um, yeah, in I, forgettable. Yeah, or sorry, in, uh, in worth the price of popcorn. I, basically, yeah, this is, this is essentially... If Iron Man 3 had been sillier, it would have been this movie. Yeah, fair. Um, you know what kind of, uh, if I can get one more thing off my chest, too. It's been like, a, and I understand that I'm, I'm really good at shutting my brain off when I go to movies. I know it's not a trait that everyone has. I don't think Adam has it. But like I can just go through and I don't think of the problem in the movie until I am sitting down with you guys and talking about it for an hour. And then I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of problems. But in the middle of the movie, I'm, I'm quite happy. So when I saw the online discourse was just like, don't expect cinema. Just go there, shut off your brain and have a good time. I was like, okay, I can do that. But I do have a bone to pick with the fact that people are being like, it's the MCU's first romantic comedy. No, it's a comedy and there's romance. But I don't think that this was like, I've seen a lot of romantic comedies. I'm cheesy. I kind of like that shit. I think my favorite movie of all time would be considered a romantic comedy. Stranger than in The fiction? Princess Bride. Oh, that one. <laughs> Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. That's good, too. Yes. This is like it, it's a it's a comedy and it's got romance, but I didn't think I didn't go through this thinking that like Thor and Jane were some like star-crossed lovers that were like drift like they didn't go through all those romantic comedy tropes. It didn't feel like a romantic comedy to me. It felt like a Marvel movie where like love was a primary theme. But yeah, it, it didn't it didn't track as like a wow, this is definitely like the romantic like the way Ant-Man was clearly a heist. Like, yeah, that's definitely a heist that's got all the tropes that it Like, Ragnarok was the first, like, true comedy, right? That made sense. I'd put that in this. This is just a comedy with a romantic subplot. I don't think it's a romantic comedy specifically. Yeah, no, the romance is important to the story, but it's not the story. You know, like the MCU movies before Ragnarok were funny, but they weren't straight-up comedies. You need, like, it needs to be really the main thing. Like, if the romance is not like the story it, i don't think you can really call it a romance yeah this is not a romantic agreed. comedy that's absurd um, yeah there we go on that we're agreed okay so because we're a little bit strapped for time here uh adam will go to you first i'll post the picture in the group if you need a reminder but right. i want to know your phases tier list and people hit us up on facebook i know you had if you started listening to this an hour in <laughs> there you go. Expecting it to be the MCU uh, tier list. I'm sorry you had to wait for this long, but I'm very curious where people put uh, the MCU faces. Let me just like rank them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have I posted the thing. Let's take out the TV shows. I guess they technically count as part of Phase Thor, but they just they muddle it up. So take out the TV yeah. shows. Just rank movies. Uh, where do the MCU tier list fall for you? Ooh, boy, this is a, this is a tough one because it's a. Like, they're all a mixed bag, right? There's some great ones and some not-so-great mm-hmm. ones in all of them. 
Um, I think probably, I think phase three has to be my favorite. It has the straight up best movie in infinity war. It has the first doctor strange, which was amazing. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which was great. Thor Ragnarok, which was the best Thor of the four now by a country mile. It has Civil it's War. Got, yeah, um, Civil War is the other big thing. Uh, I'm not as big on Black Panther as some other people are, but I mean, it's a good movie. Um, the only disasters are Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. And I mean, I didn't like Endgame, but everybody else did. Um, so yeah, it's got to be Phase 3 at the top. And then I think... Yep. I think well, probably... we'll, uh, well, well, does Matt agree with that? Yeah. I, I certainly agree with that. I would okay. say phase three is also the best one. Oh, yeah. Phase three, I think, is, is cl- a clear number one. I think Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel aren't the only ones for me that are like a, a, a big home run. Yeah. There, yeah. I would say the same thing. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, far from home, I wasn't like super, super in love with. Um, but pretty much everything else there is is remarkable. I mean, even though things that aren't great, but it's got just like Civil War, Spider-Man, Homecoming, which I think everyone's like soured a little bit on. Um, but it, as far as the Avengers movies goes, they're so fucking strong. And then it's got Ragnarok in there that how do you? Yeah. How, how do you? Argue how do you pick it? anything else? Um. Okay. Second place. Oh man. Um. I'm gonna do is probably a very controversial take and i'm gonna say phase one. Oh, uh like oh uh, like the incredible hulk like that one i don't even remember so i barely count that and iron man 2 was not good let's say what it is but the original thor is a lot of fun the original iron man is like relative to the amount of effort on screen it's probably the best movie they've ever done you know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. all of the others, it's clear we have this momentum built up. But Iron Man kind of kicked this off. It's like an analytical darling. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and yes, admittedly, Obadiah Stane, kind of a shit villain. But the rest of the movie is amazing. And we got introduced to Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. So like, I have no, I have no notes. And the first Avengers, you know, um, I like all of the Avengers movies. But the first one is special because it was the first one. Okay. Um, so I think I would I differ think from partially you on that, for but... movie and partially for cultural significance. I'm going to say phase one. Okay. Matt, where's your second place? Um, I can totally see the argument for phase one, but I'm going to do phase two. Um, I think Iron Man three is better than it gets credit for. I think Thor, the dark world, while not great is also not as bad as it gets credit for. It gets a lot of hate. It's just like the easy kind of whipping boy. I've of the seen MCU. people like, prequelifying Thor the Dark World. You know how like there's this like movement that the prequels aren't as bad as everyone thought? I saw I've seen people like do that for Thor the Dark World. And honestly make a pretty good case. Yeah. Like it's I mean it's the villain fine. is garbage, but the villain is garbage in half of these, so what does it matter? Yeah, it's like it's only fine. Movie. But it is fine. It's not terrible. It's just fine. Yeah. Um and yeah, then Age of Ultron, I think, was also better than people give it credit for. And then it's and then we got the Winter Soldier and Guardians, which are legitimately great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to do phase two as, uh, as my second place. Okay. See, I'm going to be fully controversial. So this is where we're all going to split up. I I'm going with phase Thor. 
Phase four. Phase phase four. Because uh, I quite liked Eternals. I think we all agreed that Eternals was actually better than... We thought it was better than a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, Black Widow doesn't ruin this much for me, but that's pretty much the only miss so far. I, I didn't have like that one. as much that's problem with... Uh, um, pardon me? Oh, I was just saying, you know, each of the phases has like at least one that's not yeah, great. Yeah, they all so. have uh, dud. Yeah. yeah. Four we already talked about extensively, and, but I like Shang-Chi, I really liked. It, it it's uh it's pretty high up there it's among the better like superhero origin movies for me because each one of these phases has a couple origin movies that like you know they handle them some better than others and then of course it's got uh multiverse of madness and uh spider-man in it which i don't think spider-man's, Spider-Man's not picture, even listed which is kind yeah, of dumb. That's a good point yeah very silly but i i've seen multiverse of madness i'm still seeing people online Shit talk multiverse. What the fuck are you talking about? Come on us on Facebook. I would love to talk to someone who hates that movie because I really, I, this one I get. Multiverse of Addis, I don't get. It's such a good movie. It really is. Anyway, so I'd go with phase four, second place. All right, let's clean it up and let's be a little quicker. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll go to Matt first. Matt, what's your third place? Uh, third place, I have phase four. Um, I agree on individual quality. Phase four might be second place for me, but to me, it doesn't really feel like a a phase however the hell you could define a phase uh it just sort of feels like a random collection of stuff that's not very cohesive mm-hmm. uh so yeah i don't know that kind of bumps it down for me but yeah outside of black widow and maybe hawkeye every everything in this is like at worst pretty good yep agreed adam what's your uh well okay i'm gonna preface this by saying that for me, phase three is the clear number one, and the rest are kind of clustered. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm the reason I'm going to say that is because I'm going to say my third place is phase two. For the reasons that Matt just described. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to say that because I'm clarifying that because I don't want you to think I'm shit-talking phase four. It's like all three of those, like if you ask me on any given day, I will always say phase three is number one. The others might switch. Yeah, I'm the same. Yep. I can totally understand that. I would say uh, phase two, and then for me, that leaves last one being phase one. I think it's, like, I mean, it's good, but Incredible Hulk, we got that forgettable. I'm in two. I think it's also forgettable. Thor, I don't go back to very often. It's like a weirdly small movie. It's established a lot of good stuff. I don't go back to the Captain America, the first Avenger that much either. And the Avengers, I think, was remarkable, but it was also remarkable that they pulled it off. And then, to me, it gets completely, like, in retrospect now, right? Gets completely overshadowed by Civil War, Avenger War, and Endgame. Like, there's, they do pretty much everything it does, but better, in my mind. So I think the first Avengers is actually the worst Avengers movie. Worse than... It's very good. Age of Ultron. But... Now, Age of Ultron has a larger take, flaws, yeah. but I think overall is more enjoyable. Well done. Well done. Okay. All right. So uh, with that out of the way, that is our climactic uh, MCU tier list. Let us know on Facebook. How many times can I hype it up? Facebook.com slash Nerds the North podcast. To finish it, we've got a little bit of extra time before I have to leave to go see that movie that we just shit talked for an hour and a half. So... Uh, They've someone posted on on Reddit. They data mined. I don't know if either of you guys saw us. Fuck, I hope not. They data mined Elden Ring. I did not see this. So. Yes, no and they found the unofficial names of the enemies. 
So by the way, if uh, if you haven't played Elden Ring or you don't give a shit about this, then uh, thanks for coming out. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't blame people <laughs> if they tune out for the, the trivia. Uh, but they data mined the enemies and they found the unofficial names that, that they got in the code. And some of them are very funny. Okay. So this is why I think it might be tough. Because I'm like, how much do they actually remember the enemies of Elden Ring? Matt, did you finish Elden Ring? Did you beat it? I still haven't. Oh, okay. I'm in the, so, the Ice Giants area. Oh, you're getting close. Yeah, I know I'm close-ish, you know. But yeah, I've seen most of it, along with along with God of War. I was about to say he might finish it before he finishes God of War. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a timer on God of War because <laughs> fucking November we're gonna be talking about the next one. Anyway, uh, speaking of Ragnarok, so I've, some of them might be a little bit tougher for Matt, but I think it's just gonna be tough because like good luck remembering the specific enemies in that game. So I, I took a little selection. Okay. This is why if you guys are struggling too much, uh, <laughs> if you're struggling too much, then we're just gonna move on. Okay. So as a as a fun name, this one's a little bit too obvious, but uh, the name of the the giant spider hands <clears throat> are Finger Spider, and then the middle ones Makes are sense. called Finger Spider Junior. <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> That's, That's what their cool. unofficial name is. Yeah, why not? So with with that in mind, I'll give you yeah. a guys a very easy one. Okay. Uh, and some I might do the name, tell me the thing. Some I might tell you the thing, give you the name. We'll see. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Frog human is. Frog human. Frog human. Um, is it the? Uh, I think their official name is the like basilisks. No, they're the basilisks are called basilisks. basilisks. Okay, yeah. well, that was, what the tri- that was gonna be my guess too, actually. Frog. It's the first thing that comes to mind with frog. Yeah. Um, I guess they're not. Think that of the way. thing that got genocided by people farming. Oh, the the guys with the weird faces, the al, al the albinos. Albinorix. Yeah, that's the, yeah. the albinorix. Yeah. Oh, albinorix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. They okay. are called frog human in the official. So, that's just another thing. This one's going to be very easy for you. Uh, kidnap machine. Uh, uh, made me think of the amygdalas from Bloodborne. Um, don't think, don't think too hard about this one. All right, maybe too long since you guys played Elden Ring. There's a machine that runs around and can kidnap you. <laughs> like one of those guys that's on wheels with the giant blades. Oh! They can grab you and kidnap you. Oh. Right. I never got yeah, kidnapped. All right, well, there you go. Uh, here's a fun one. Hound dog. Ooh. Spoilers, it's not an actual canine. Oh. Okay. Oh, it's, uh, what's his name? The the dude, the shadow. No, he's wolf-faced man. Oh. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was Hound going to Hound Dog is just, uh, it's it's the knight that fights like, what's his dick? Artorias. Oh, okay. Oh, um, yeah. um, uh, Blade? You don't need to know the name. Yeah. Blade? Yeah. No, no Blade Adam actually got to who you're thinking of. Yeah, it's just like oh, the knight shoot. you fight in one of the, uh, like the dungeons that fights with the same style as Artorias. They called him oh, Hound Dog. Oh, okay. Which is kind of fun. Yeah, I'm not going to, like, make you guys wait too long on them. Yeah. Uh, Mother Slime. Who's Mother Slime? Oh, is it the, uh, the, the tier? Yes. yes. Mimic Tear. Yeah. Yes, Mimic Tear is called oh, yeah. Mother Slime. Adam, do you know the fun name for the final boss? Uh for the the Elden Beast? Yes. Uh I was I was trying to avoid saying the name. Oh, but... sorry. <laughs> All good. Uh no, I don't I'd like something with stars in it. I have no idea. Nebula Dragon. Oh, that's good. Okay. Great name. Well, if you told me that, I would have gotten it. <laughs> yes, that's why the, the yeah. reverse way. Who's King Ghoul? 
Ooh. It's a, I'll give King you a hint. Ghoul. It's a boss. King Ghoul. That makes me think of fucking um what's his name from from Dark Souls? Um Oh my goodness, the the guy Don't in the think abyss. too hard about the wrong game, Adam. Yeah, sorry. Nope. Okay, <laughs> no. Focus. Focus, focus. Is it is it the first uh main boss? I'm forgetting his name now, but uh No. Okay. Okay. I'll give it's uh again. See, I'm just gonna keep passing by because these are fun names. It's the guy in the volcano, Reichardt, I believe is his name. Oh, okay, yep, that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. called him King Ghoul. Yep. Uh, this is a, more of a fun name for Adam. The guy that we called um, Lumiere. Yes. Is actually called Heavy Priest of Giants Fire, but I think Lumiere was a better name. <laughs> Lumiere is a better name. And Matt, if you haven't run into them, they'd be like, "That's motherfucking Lumiere." <laughs> there you go. So now that you know who King Ghoul is, who's Ghoul Children? Oh. Um, mm. Is it? Is it? Uh, that, so this is a collection of enemies, then. Yes. So going off the theme of now that you know, is it who those Rikard those is. snake he- balls? Yeah, the snake guys. Yeah. No, snake face guy. I mean, they've been in every From Software game. Yeah. And in this one, they're called Ghoul Children. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, the, the all right from the thing in Dark's the uh, Sen's Fortress. Let me throw you a, a true curveball. This is the one that the was the most obsessed with. Ground Taco Junior. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ground. Are, are we Taco talking? Junior? Are we talking ground as in the floor or ground as in like ground beef? <laughs> yes, that's the question. No, uh, the floor. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a hysterical name. Ground Taco Ground. Jr. What the heck is this? So, what, I mean, if you just took out Taco, because that'll really fuck you up when you put a question mark in that spot, and then you know that Juniors are just small versions of large things, yes. what's a ground enemy? And maybe it's called Ground, because it's an enemy that wouldn't normally be found on Ground, historically, that has a small version. I'll give you like 15 seconds with that, and if you don't get it, then I'll give it. Is right. it? Is it the? It can't be the pots, right? No. Okay. Fun pot from uh fun fact: the pots are called alive pot. Oh. And uh, alive pot extra large nice. is the uh <laughs> is the guy who guards the coliseum. Oh, nice. That's... Which like yeah yeah it makes sense. Alive pot actually. I'm trying to Alive think of pot what comes up out of the ground besides the finger hands, but you already talked about those. Octopus. So oh, uh, the land octopus. apparently, oh, apparently yeah. octopus in Japanese is taco, T-A-K-O. But weirdly oh. enough, this is spelled like taco, like Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so no one is quite sure why they did that, but they did. Yes, Alive Pot Extra Large, another fantastic one. Okay. Two more. Uh, this one, no, one more. That one's gonna be too tough. Okay. Uh, this one should be pretty easy. Insect golem. Ooh. Insect golem. Insect golem. Trying to think of a statue-like uh, thing that's an insect because we we fought a cat-based one. Oh, is this the um, the giant centipede-looking things in one of the underground levels? Nope, I, I'll combine both of your answers and I'll give you the fact that you guys were both basically correct. So they called the little uh, gargoyle things that you fight in all the things. That was their name for them. Insect golem. Oh, the li- oh really? Okay. The little, like, imp gargoyles? Okay. Yep. Well, that's, that's what they oh, called right. them. All right. Yeah, a bunch of random names, but uh, they were kind of funny. Okay, so 
thus concludes our Elden Ring uh, podcast, and thus concludes our MCU tier list. So stay tuned next time where we'll be talking about uh, the finale of The Boys, and I don't know, we might be able to get an entire episode of that because like there's thoughts, there's thoughts, and then we're of course we're going to talk about Stranger Things. I've been watching the new season of Umbrella Academy. There's a lot going on right now, but I am sweating like a pig because I am cheap and turn my AC off, and I gotta get to a movie. So I think with that we'll sign off. But everyone out there, have a great week, have a safe week, have a cool week, and we'll see you next time.